The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders, recognized in their fields, who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team, and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Leadership Stars. I'm your host, Linda Patton, and it's so great to have you all here. And today, I have somebody who I really resonate with. Uh, My guest and I actually do... Similar things, we, we talk to leaders about the same sort of things, but he does it in a very, very different way than I do. So I'm really excited to show you just a different way of having leadership in your organization and making things happen. And the person is Jeff Hunt. Uh, he's a very dear friend and the president, CEO, and senior consulting partner, partner excuse me, for Goalspan, which is here in the Bay Area. Um, and what I love is he deals with employee performance management, and he's an expert in this, which is why I was really excited about having him on the show. He assists executives to achieve sustainable results through the creation and implementation of just the right vision and the right strategies. And having come out of an HR background, I do love the fact that he is a CEO who speaks HR because generally they don't, and they really don't understand what we did. Um, And you know, he is the person to really put the systems in place so that you, as the CEO and owner of a company, can actually walk away and go on vacation without everything falling apart and basically having, however long you're gone, have no sales, no money coming in, and have your employees sitting there twiddling their thumbs. So, Jeff, welcome to Leadership Stars. Thank you, Linda. I really am happy to be with you today, and it's great to talk to you again. It is. Uh, We met at a speaking engagement, I think, that I did. And we've been been trying to figure out how how to do some stuff together, and and this is the greatest opportunity I could offer to you. So I'm really glad that you're here. Jeff, tell the audience a little bit more about what Goalspan does. Sure. Goalspan is in the performance management space, which, you know, when you say performance management, that means a lot of different things to different people. But Mm -hmm. from our perspective, there's really two types of performance that we're helping organizations manage. That includes both company or organization-wide performance. So we have corporate objectives and goals, and we all want to achieve those. And then it also includes individual performance. So Mm -hmm. what's most important to each individual in the organization? How does it actually fit into big picture vision so that the workforce is aligned and we are achieving uh, common goals? And so we do that really in two ways. One with software 
Mm-hmm. And so our software helps with goal setting and managing goals and capturing performance feedback. It basically replaces the broken and dysfunctional performance review that just doesn't work anymore with mm-hmm. a more of an ongoing system to um, manage and measure performance and make better decisions as an organization. Well, Jeff, I still remember when I was in corporate, that wonderful performance evaluation system. You know, you you got called in, you know, when your performance appraisal was due, and it was usually this, could you come see me, please? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, my God, what did I do wrong now? You never thought of the good things that you might have done. You always thought about, ooh, you know, who called, what customer complained or whatever it might be. And I had a, a boss at one time who just loved that fear factor. You know, and then she handed you your performance appraisal and it was generally really good. You know, you were in, in the top 5% of the company and that kind of thing. But it, it was, you had that moment of, oh dear, they're going to fire me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and also, you know, when we, when we used to teach managers around performance appraisal, it was always, don't just evaluate the last month or two months or whatever, evaluate the whole year. But there was never really anything in place that would really um, and uh, excite you about doing that? Generally, yes. yeah, generally you sort of felt like, oh, I have to do more paperwork or whatever. And so when you did give somebody a really bad performance appraisal, they were sh- as shocked as you know they could possibly be. Oh, I didn't know. Why didn't you tell me? You know, that kind of thing. And so I, I love the fact that you have put it into a full year process because that's what it should be. It should be evaluating the entire year, not just the last quarter, right? Yes, exactly. <clears throat> and people don't realize in organizations that oftentimes the performance review that's been done for decades is really anxiety producing mm-hmm. for employees and it's surprise laden. So um, we spend all this time and money on this annual or or twice a year effort that really doesn't produce a result. In fact, sometimes it's very contrary to uh, the results that we're looking for. It, it it reduces morale and and just causes anxiety. And it's a check the box exercise. And so anyway, there are significantly greater ways to improve performance. And Goal Span helps to do that both on the software side and then we also do consulting strategic management consulting, mostly with small to medium-sized companies, helping them um, do things um, similarly to you, Linda, but uh, but really slightly differentiated with the focus on on vision and core values and then, and then integrating those into performance management processes. So people are really speaking a common language and we've aligned the workforce once again to achieve those common objectives. Okay, so there are a couple of things that you just said that obviously resonated with me. One is you start with with vision. Um, so what's the vision for the organization? And you work on what kind of time frame for that? You know, vision used to be like a, you, p- companies would talk about t- a 10-year vision. Right. Um, and then it would get shortened. Well, maybe, you know, we should look at eight years or five years. And in my experience, and I've done work with all size and type companies over the last 15 years, that window has really shortened. And so mm-hmm. the most effective visions I find are around three years. Okay. And so, and it doesn't mean that you're making radical changes every three years, but 
we really want to take a, a look, a good long look at um, where we're going every, you know, every two or three years, we should be well, taking a look at that. Yeah. And Kevin, I, I agree. Um, I also have my organizations look at a one-year vision. Where do you want to be at the end of this year? And then how is that relating to your three-year vision or your five-year vision or whatever? And I think we were, actually went for those really, really longer ones when we really started working with Japan. And they would say to you, so what, what's your long-term vision? And we'd, we'd be looking at three to five years. And they're going, no, no, no. I mean, you're really, you know, you're long-term. And we didn't have anything that went beyond about five years. So mm-hmm. I think corporations went in working with, uh, especially the Japanese, uh, we started developing these horrendously long visions that probably didn't serve the organizations well. Right? Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything is so myopic and short-sighted today that, it just is not practical to do longer-term vision casting. Um, unless, you know, it depends on the type of organization. That's the only caveat. If you mm-hmm. are the federal government, then you really do need to be looking <laughs> at longer-time horizons. Um, if you're running a small technology company, things happen pretty quickly. And the marketplace changes, too. It's changing more rapidly than it ever has before in terms of technology and adoption and how people are working and the methods they're using. So we, we always want to stay ahead of that curve if we can. Yeah, and I think, Jeff, I, I heard on the radio this morning as I was coming back here that Apple is looking to untie the Apple Watch from the iPhone so that it's more competitive with its with its competition, so with Samsung and, and some mm-hmm. of the others, because yeah. they're, they're seeing a loss in people purchasing it because it doesn't. if you don't have an iPhone, you can't use it. And sure. so their competitors are seeing growth like Fitbit and those mm-hmm. um, because of that. So, I, 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 again, I think I, I agree with you. You have to have a vision. You, and having a three-year vision, I think, is, is I, I don't want to say perfect, but it, it, it's right in that sweet spot. But okay. knowing year to year how you're going to get there, what's the vision that's going to get you there, I think is also really important. And For I'm, sure. I'm glad you deal with it. Now, the question then becomes, okay, the company has a vision of where they're going. How do you help the employees to align their own visions of how they're going to support that um, to the corporate vision? Yeah, that's a great question. And it actually ties back to your one of your first comments, Linda, which I really <laughs> loved, actually. It was, <laughs> it was, how do we how do we get the organization to a point where we can go on vacation and not worry about it as a business owner, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, isn't that the ultimate goal? And really, if you think about that question, the ultimate benefit is that those of us that are business owners want to build our business up as an asset, right? And so the greater asset value, uh, the more it's worth and it's marketable and you know, eventually maybe there's an exit if you choose to do that. Mm-hmm. And so that means you got to reduce dependency on yourself as an owner. And going back to your, you know, original question, it's really the way to reduce dependency is by having the best systems in place, both technology and other processes and systems to reduce that dependency on you as an owner. And so in order to do that, you have to be crystal clear on your vision and your core values and where you're going as an organization. 
Because if you're not, then what happens is there's ambiguity with people. So if people are ambiguous, you can't hold them accountable to results. So if they don't know what where you're going as an organization, then they're going to make their own decisions about where to devote their activities. So we have to get crystal clear, both corporately and individually, on what's most important um, and make sure that we set up systems and processes to hold people accountable. And, and um, to be you, honest, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, Jim Collins, you know, everybody knows the Good to Great book, and it's been around yes. for a long time. And it's just so, but he said in there, building a vision, a visionary company requires 1% vision and 99% alignment. <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> that's the other side of the coin is we got to set that vision, but then we really need to over communicate. And um, there's a lot of uh, things that we need to do internally to make sure that that vision is achieved. And there's a lot of reasons why uh, leaders don't align their teams to achieve big results. In fact, um, um, yeah, I'm going to share later. And what might those be? Yeah. <laughs> or do you want to share can, that later? Well, no, I, I'll, I'll give you a really, in, in my opinion and experience, it comes down to four things. One is goal dilution. So that's where everything becomes nothing. So we're all working on too many things and nothing is really important. Mm -hmm. The second is having overly rigid processes and people. And uh, that also is kind of the opposite of innovation and empowerment. And that even happens in small companies. We see that uh, where people have difficulty making decisions on their own. And that usually comes from a lack of clarity on where you're going as an organization and what's most important to you individually. Well, I think too, it's the, it's the lead. Hold on. Um, It's the leader who also sets that up. If every, every decision has to come back to them, then you're right. Your employees don't make decisions. You haven't delegated in such a way that they feel empowered to take action and to move forward. And so at that point, you're never getting out of the business, right? Yes, exactly. Right. And then the and third problem is where we have dependency problems. So this is where we create goals either without the skill set to achieve them or we or the control over the outcome. So, uh, you know, this is where something's unrealistic and then that reduces morale because people can't accomplish their objectives or... Or maybe they're asked to do something that's outside their ability, and yet um, we we task them with that anyway. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one is is under communication, and that's really not communicating the vision clearly enough and what the core values are of the organization. Um, in fact, sixty seven percent of managers can't name the priorities of their CEOs. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty amazing. And that was a broad-based study that was done by MIT's Sloan School of Management. So it's like, wow. this is um, uh, a lot of opportunity there. And you said 64%? 67% of 67%. managers can't name the priorities of their, of their CEOs. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where, and and it's one of the steps too around, you know, communic- strengthening communications. And a lot of it is, well, what would happen if you nobody knew what your vision was? You know, mm-hmm. where would they? It would be like saying, "We're going on a road trip," but I'm not going to yep. tell you where we're going. 
and or how we're going to get there. Um, but I want you to be on board so that we, you know, <laughs> I just I just find that very amusing. And I'll tell you something that I also thought was very disturbing, but also somewhat amusing. I was working with a group of real estate agents. Now you would think that real estate agents would. You know, spot on. They know exactly what their numbers are. You know what they want to make by the end of the year. How many houses they want to sell. Of what variety, um, and if they have a team, how their team is going to support them. And so I asked in this particular uh, speaking engagement. I said, "So it's ha- we're halfway through the year. Um, where are you on your goal to uh, reach at the end of the year?" And first, uh, nobody raised their hand, and I went, "Okay. So how many have a vision for the end of the year?" I had, three pe- I had three people in the room raise their hand. I went, <laughs> okay, so the three of you, are you at least 50% of the way? And nobody raised their hand because they didn't know. They had no idea where they were in terms of the vision they had set for themselves. And that's really scary. That is. Yeah, yeah. that's a great analogy. And it's also such huge lost opportunity. People don't realize that the opportunity cost of what you just described, it's really high. Yeah. Um, because in, in a lot of cases, you're also spinning your wheels mm-hmm. and you're dashing in all sorts of different directions because you don't know where the end result is. You know, what is that town that we're actually going to go th- go through? So, Jeff, when we get back, I want to take this this idea of vision and having it crystal clear and fully communicated to the people that you're working with and take it on to, well, now what? How do we set goals and how do we make sure that that happens? So audience, think about that. Do you have your vision? Is it in place? And does everyone in your organization know what it is and can recite it back and not be part of the 67% who who doesn't? And we'll be right back. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. 
Welcome back. And I am with a very special guest, uh, Jeff Hunt from Goalspan. And we're talking about how to systematize some of those things that I talk about as far as vision and goals and goal achievement and that sort of area of uh, the art of herding cats. So, Jeff, just before we took a break, um, one of the things that you talked about were, you know, four key things, you know, goal um, dilution, um, rigid people, rigid um, processes, and -hmm. and where the decision-making is going. But one of the things that, you know, it follows having a great vision and then being able to communicate it, and I think that was probably the, the... the biggest number that I hadn't heard, which was the 67% of, you know, key people can't tell you what the CEO's goals are. Uh, scary. Uh, but what uh-huh. the next step then would be actually building the goals of how are we going to get to the to that vision at the end of the year or the end of three years or whatever. How do you have them um, building goals and then how do you fit them into your system? I know that's a two-part question. Sure. Um, yeah, so there's some key practices that are really important about establishing good quality goals with higher levels of achievement. And Mm -hmm. so, and we, there's essentially four or actually five key areas that help organizations do that very effectively. Mm -hmm. And it's been proven time and time again. So, and these would include at, and, and like you said, Linda, this this is assuming you've already created your vision and your core values and you really know where you're going. But it after helps. you do that, the yeah. first is to over-communicate. Mm-hmm. And this, the second is to really plan effectively at the employee level. And then commit in a specific way to achieving goals, mm-hmm. of these goals, and then adjust them periodically and make sure that, lastly, we are building in accountability structures for each of these. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and so I, I'm happy to unpack these a little bit if you'd like to learn more about any of them. Yeah, um, let's let's talk in just a bit about. You know, we talked about over communicating the vision, and so it's equally as important to over communicate what are the goals. I think one of the companies that I worked with it was a, a phone company offshoot Uh and all of their major projects were on like butcher paper in the employee (laughs) no seriously in in the employee cafeteria and Uh so they had all the major milestones for that project on the butcher paper with a circle next to it that when it was completed it had a picture that showed that it was it was done and so everybody coming into the cafeteria knew where all the major initiatives were for that company, you know, how, how are they doing? Are sure. they on track? Are they behind? And it also gave them a chance to celebrate with the team around goal achievement. So I, I love the idea of over-communicating and communicating on a broad level as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's really strategic communication and it's proactive. And it's at every level. Level. And so if you think about communications, what are we, ta- what are we really talking about here? It's, it's verbal communications. That means we're having meetings periodically and we're discussing the vision and how we're living it out and our core values and what successes we've had seeing those in the workplace and and it's written so we're we're doing written communications in in email form and maybe in newsletters and like you said in the lunch in the in the lunchroom where we have butcher paper up on the wall yeah, yeah. Um, and so people might get sick of hearing it but boy they're sure sure going to understand where 
the organization is going. And they under, I think they also understand if it's a large project, ooh, they're getting close to where I come in so that they're prepared when it actually gets to their s- stage of a large project and they're ready. They're communicating with the people who are finishing up the, the things that they need in order to get started. And I think that's also really, really critical so that you don't get to that phase and all the people in the phase are going, what? You, you yes. need me to get started now? But right. I have these 37 other things to do. I, I, it reminds me of um, contractors who are building a house. You know, if you don't tell the electrician, you know, they need to be there before the, the people who are putting up sheetrock. Um, it makes for a very interesting, uh, you know, project as far as getting the house up. I, I remember long ago, we, I felt so sorry for this young man. He was um, raking this particular area to make it smooth after they planted everything and I said to my class watch this I will bet you that he rakes that at least four times because they've Uh changed the plant and that's exactly what happened he raked it and everything was fine walked away to get lunch came back and somebody moved all the plants and put in new (laughs) ones so he had to rake it again you know and and I thought exactly I'm sorry but did nobody communicate the plan to this this poor guy (laughs) right Oh. Right. And I think what people don't realize is you can't actually align your workforce or link link up goals between employees and managers unless there's been very good communication about where the organization's going and their core values, because mm-hmm. we haven't spent much time talking about that, but those are critical in terms of making sure the behaviors are in alignment and in order to achieve those objectives. Because if we have hypocrisy, which unfortunately we have lots of good examples in the marketplace, um, including, for instance, well, a very well-known company, Wells Fargo, which uh, on, on some of the things that have happened there, but two of their top core values are ethics and what's right for the customers. And then unfortunately they had a situation where they weren't in alignment and so um, they didn't really achieve uh, objectives that were associated with that vision um, going forward. So yes, we and we will not we will not talk about Wells Fargo as I was in the Crocker Wells Fargo merge, right. and it was not pretty. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> and then came, and then came back to them during the the market crash here, and that was an interesting conversation as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. So, so uh, it, I would I would agree. I would find that that's not in alignment with their core values at all. So. Um, how does an organization set their core values? Let's well, core, yeah, core values are, we like to set them by really identifying uh, a few things. One, what is, what are, how would you actually describe the, the attributes of, of your leaders, your key leaders in the organization uh, that you value so much, that you appreciate? What are the things that these people really makes, you know, makes them attractive to want to work for. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be something like their work ethic or their um, smarts, or maybe they're actually a humble, you know, they have humility in terms of their leadership style, but really identifying that is first and foremost. And then thinking about why, you know, when you've let people go over the years, what are the reasons why you've let them go and why didn't they work out? And typically, the, if you look at the opposite of those, those also sort of line up with your uh, core values um, going forward. So those are some helpful 
helpful things. But I don't like long lists of 10 or 15 core values. Let's bring it down to two or three. And you know, those are the, the most important ones. I think that's so true. You can, yeah. you can get that laundry list and then it's, it's a question of how, where do they fit? Yes. As far as priori- priority. And yeah. I love the fact that you're looking at behaviors. So what is it that you admire from those people who are on top? And what are they, what are they demonstrating? What do you mm-hmm. do? Okay. What do you do with an organization where you look at the top and you kind of go, I don't resonate with any of those. I don't think they're positive. How do you either help the organization to make a shift or do you say um, their core values are, are out of alignment with the behaviors that you're seeing from senior management? What, mm-hmm. what do you do with as an organization? Well, oftentimes that'll come out in some sort of an assessment. So if we evaluate, and that's one of the things our software does too, is survey organizations on their health. And so if you do a survey and it's anonymous and people really are open and candid about how things are going internally, then what you're going to find is some candid expression of what's not working and, and where there may be hypocrisy among the leadership team or, or specific values that are lived out that people don't subscribe to. And I mean, there's another example with Uber and what's happened with with them. So unfortunately, we have a lot of examples of, um, you know, people saying one thing, but then doing something different. And uh, there's a big cost, both to the human side Mm -hmm. of that, and also uh, profitability uh, goes down. People don't realize that there is a direct connection to um, engagement, which really only comes from having those um, that solid emotional connection to my workplace and my job and my my manager and my vision and where we're going as an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, organizations that hi- have higher engagement levels are actually more profitable, and so um, that's another way that it really can um, be lived out in the workplace. Yeah, I think it's it's so important to have your um, employees, your your colleagues, your um, team, really working on the same side with you. That if they're not either they're not working at all, and they're just sort of um, coming to work and doing the, the minimum necessary, or they're actually sabotaging your organization. I, I think it's really important for obviously top leadership and even their managers to recognize that, that there's something sick within the organization and that needs to be fixed if the organization's going to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, for sure. So how do you suggest to organizations that they set the goals for the year to hit that vision? So if they've done their work on strategic planning, they've identified the corporate objectives that are most important. And then it boils down to the leadership team and their individual objectives that are going to support the achievement of that vision, both short, medium, and long-range objectives. And then we start working on each individual employee. And in all cases, what we found is the most effective way to do planning is to make sure that we write down all of our goals. So we put them down on on paper or in our case, in our software and all Mm -hmm. of the milestones or the steps that are required to achieve those goals. Mm -hmm. And then the next step would be to verbally commit with your peers and your manager about what will be accomplished. And this is where a lot of uh, opportunity exists because 
companies typically don't do this really well, but if we sit together in the conference room and we go around the room with all my peers and I have to verbally express what I'm going to accomplish over the next year, mm-hmm. that's a very powerful kind of social motivator um, because I'm, I'm now, you know, I've made it real by, by stating it and naming it. Um, so and then be- lastly, mm-hmm. really understanding how they correspond, my goals correspond with my manager and the company. Okay, so th- there are uh, there were companies. It, it has been a while since I've been in corporate, but there were there were companies who did start with okay. Here are the corporate objectives. This is what we need we need to do this year to continue to grow and to be a vital company and to keep up with the marketplace and this kind of thing. And then they would drop almost down to the employee level and say, or or at least the the small team level. Okay, so what do you have to do in your team? And then they actually built back up. Um, it, it sounds like it's more what you're doing is more traditional, at least what I would have recognized as traditional, is you've got the corporate and then you've got the leadership team and then from there looking at the individual uh, employees as to what's their contribution to making this happen. So, do you think that there's a, uh, either one of those is better than the other or more effective? Well, I think it's actually a combination of what you described, Linda, because We've found that the best approach is for employees and managers to meet and for managers not necessarily to deliver those goals to the employee, but just to have a conversation and have the employee write their own goals in conversation and collaboration with the manager. And that way we make sure to create really good quality goals where the employee has ownership on what they need to achieve rather than just direction. Because I'm, I'm a lot more likely, uh, likely to accomplish something if I can come up with that objective on my own versus having somebody tell me what to do. It's sort of the stick versus the carrot <laughs> mentality. Yeah. And I, I, but I think that's really, really key too. Um, you know, when you define leadership versus management, one of the, one of the things about management at least as it's defined, is that it's it wants the status quo, things are given it to it, and it's just there to implement, as opposed to actually um, influencing and you know being motivational and, and inspirational and this kind of thing. So what this gives the manager is, yes, we've got um, direction, but we set how we fit, how our cog fits into that wheel so that everything works um functions uh, the way it's supposed to. Um, and I, I think that's a really key thing is that, again, as you said, the employees, the managers, everyone feels their piece that they've created is going to move the company to wherever the vision is for that year. Yep. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I know you subscribe to this, but SMART mm-hmm. goals where they're specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, they're time-bound. Those are high-quality high goals. They're more likely right. to be accomplished. Yeah. And so we also, we, we sometimes take that for granted because that terminology has been around for so long. But we want to make sure that as they're creating goals, they're smart. I think that's so important that you don't, it, it's, it's like, I want to lose weight this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a great goal. But how much, by when, and, you know, so let's let's look at that you i say okay i want to lose 500 pounds and you kind of go first of all is that specific well yeah 
Um, is it realistic? No. Right. To lose 500 pounds in a year is not realistic unless you want to be very ill about doing mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, looking at SMART, and it, and it is definitely, um, I think, the derriere for setting goals. But I, I am definitely a dis- disciple of that. I, Jeff, I also love the idea that you do a verbal commitment, almost like as a verbal commitment ceremony. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know when when you get married or you join the military or you you become a citizen of the United States, you go through a ceremony where you commit to the other person, to the the larger good of of the military, or you know to the government that you're going to be working with. And I just think that's really powerful. Do they? Mm, I don't want to say um, formalize it, or is it a very informal kind of uh, meeting? It really should be a formal meeting that employees know is different than any other meeting. And that's where we're all going to talk about our goals together. And we also have the opportunity to dialogue over them to make sure that we all understand what we're working on. And that helps to create even further engagement and workforce alignment when people are having those conversations. And then we also check in once a quarter on okay. progress. So you have a, sort of a, a, another verbal commitment every quarter to say, okay, I said I would do this and this is where I am on that? Yes, and it's not only a verbal commitment, but they use our software to do a quarterly check-in on goal progress. Each employee will log in and and, um, check in on their progress and send that to their manager. And then they get together as a team and they go through those results and they um, have an opportunity to dialogue about what's working and where there's growth opportunities. And... And just a real quick answer to this. Do you find that any of them um, hide their, I don't want to say failures, but where they're not where they're supposed to be or they haven't even started something? That always catches up with itself. So (laughs) someone might try (laughs) to game the system, but at the end of the day, especially if you tie incentive to goal achievement at the end of the year, so their bonuses Mm -hmm. tied, then often that can, and people understand what others are working on, then you can prevent that. Okay, so, so audience, you hear that you can't hide from your goals, that <laughs> you you must um, commit and be honest about what you're doing, and otherwise it will catch up with you in the end. And with that note, we'll t- be back in a moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Dream with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, Dream with Linda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Voice America Women. 
Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back, and I'm having a really interesting discussion about goals and vision and how to set goals and how to make sure that your your team is on board with you um, and also uh, how we, we just started on commitment we've I think we've wrapped that piece up and we've got two other pieces to look at as far as key practices in goal accomplishment and my guest is Jeff Hunt of Goalspan hi Jeff hey Linda okay so we Great have two left it's good to have you here. Um, so one of the things was, okay, we, we talked about the fact that we have a commitment ceremony at the beginning, and then every quarter we have a uh, a, a goal uh, accomplishment. Where are we? How are we doing? Where are the challenges? What do we need to change? So almost like doing a prof- uh, potential problem analysis of, okay, th- this is what, we, what happened last time. Uh, this is where we are now. What things could go wrong, and how can we either prevent it or uh, have some kind of contingency plan? And then, what's going on in the next quarter? Um, so, how do you adjust when things are off kilter? Well, one of the failures in many organizations and people is to not uh, adjust goals throughout the year. So, they'll set the goal at the beginning of the year, and just like the old strategic planning processes, you put it on the shelf and it gathers dust and then you don't touch it. And then you pull it out at the end of the year and you think, boy, this doesn't really represent what uh, I was actually working on because things changed. And so Mm -hmm. we need processes to make adjustments. And that comes usually from having a disciplined approach. So once a quarter, like like we just said before the break, employees are actually updating their goals, not only their progress, but anything that's changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're giving that information to their manager and they're doing it in a really lightweight manner. So we're not having to spend a whole lot of time on this, but we're keeping things living and breathing. And um, and so that's a very helpful uh, practice to engage in, you know, to your analogy, if I wanted to lose 500 pounds and that's not a realistic goal, and I thought it was in the beginning, it makes a lot more sense to adjust it as I'm realizing <laughs> it's it's not realistic. And so maybe I didn't know that in the beginning, but I adjust it and then I'm, I'm much more motivated because it's within my reach. Well, and Jeff, I love the idea that truly we, we put these things on the shelf. We say, okay, some, you know, we're going to do this by the end of the year. You put it on the shelf and you never look at it again, at least not for that year. And you go off and do whatever. And it's sort of how we deal oftentimes with our health goals uh-huh. is, you know, in December or whatever, we, we do those wonderful resolutions. And the gyms love it because January and February, they're packed. And uh-huh. then you could throw a bowling ball down the center aisle in March yeah. and not, not hit a soul. Um, That's right. Because we, because we never look at them again. So I, I do love the practice of updating and and working on and making changes as necessary and it's okay in the organization to either recommend a change or actually make a change in your goal um, mm-hmm. so 
is it one that where I can recommend that based on where I think we're going and what I've discovered, I'm doing experiments or whatever, and I discover that, hey, this really isn't going to cure cancer, but you know, it might have an effect on Parkinson's disease. Can I make mm-hmm. a shift in my mm-hmm. uh, in my discipline? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. And and when we started the conversation, one of the things we talked about was rigidity. And so organizations with two, with rigid processes end up uh, not updating those goals when things change strategically and in the marketplace. And so that ends up causing a lot of problems. And in fact, over the past 15 years, the amount of procedures has increased in organizations anywhere from 50 to 350%, according to the Boston Consulting Group. So we really need to take caution around um, keeping things lightweight, flexible, updated, and we're going to end up with a much better result. Well, I, I so agree. I, I find that when things get more rigid, it, it slows down the process. It slows down innovation and, and creativity. Whereas if you can, as you said, if you can be lighter and more flexible about things, you're more able to innovate and be tremendously creative about the products that you're putting out, the processes, whatever it might be. Um, and I, I just think that's an excellent point, Jeff. So audience, you heard that. You need to be flexible, not mm-hmm. rigid in your methodologies. So mm-hmm. lighten up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So that takes us to the, the last point around key practices, which was around accountability. And this is something that's really near and dear to my heart. So say more. Mm-hmm. So accountability is there's a couple things that are important to note about count- accountability. One is that peer-to-peer accountability actually can be more powerful than superior subordinate accountability. And that's mm-hmm. why we want to get together as a team. For instance, if I'm if I'm trying to lose weight in isolation and I'm doing it on my own, I'm not going to be nearly as successful as if I'm with a group of people that are all working toward that common goal. And we get together once a month or once a quarter, and we're reviewing our our stats and where we're at, what's worked well, what hasn't. We're supporting each other because we're all working toward kind of a common goal. The effectiveness and achievement levels go way, way up. So we want to remember that. And then We also want to, as I said earlier, we've got to have disciplined processes in place that always begin with leadership and people are held accountable to those processes, which includes things like a quarterly review where we're sitting down and, and you hate to say the words manage compliance because people, you know, it sends shivers up their spine when you talk about that. (laughs) But you you really have to think about compliance for your company. How are we really 100% on board with doing a quarterly check-in to make sure Mm -hmm. that we're holding people accountable. Because ultimately, and in fact, Patrick Lencioni coined this phrase, and I absolutely love it, ambiguity is the enemy of accountability. So if if we want to hold people accountable, we cannot be ambiguous about what they're working on and how they are progressing toward those goals. I think that's that's a powerful quote, and and audience, I do want you to resonate with that. Ambiguity is the enemy of accountability. And I think I think you're so right, Jeff. I, it, it makes it makes perfect sense. You know, you, you wonder why um, accountability doesn't hold. 
um, you know, you hold, you try to hold people accountable, but it's a, it's like a, it's a slippery slope. It's like hanging on to, um, you know, a frog and, you know, how they sort of slip through your fingers if you don't have clarity as to what you're holding them accountable for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that also is true with um, responsibility. You know, uh, to, to what degree do they have um, the accountability and the ability to make decisions around their own goals in such a way that they don't have to keep coming to you to make that decision, but they can actually make it within bounds and then maybe review it with you later? Correct. Yeah, yeah it's all about empowerment. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that was a great quote that Bill Gates gave us. Actually, last, I love it, it goes, in the next century, um, which means it was like in ni- 1999, <laughs> and he said, true leaders will be those who can empower others. And I, and I, I just embrace that. Totally. Mm-hmm. Is how yeah. do we get them self-motivated? That's a great quote. Yeah, and also recognizing the difference between goal, the behavior of those that have lower goal achievement rates and higher goal achievement rates is um, is very important. And and I can say more. I don't know. Have you heard of the study? There was a study I believe done by Gail Matthews at Dominican University around this. Um. But essentially, those who have not written their goals down accomplish, in her study, statistically, 43% of their goals. So that's where we just think about them and we don't do anything else. We just think about them. And those that, that write them down, including all the steps and the actions associated with them, and they verbally commit to others and they weigh in with progress reports, kind of like we've been talking about here, their achievement levels go up to 76%. Mm-hmm. And so between 43% and 76% is typically worth a lot of money for many organizations. Right. And, and Jeff, years ago, wasn't it Harvard Business Review that did a study of seniors coming out of Harvard and those that had goals for their life goals? Um, mm-hmm. And they had them written down and all of that, that when they came back to them, what, 10, 15 years later, those that had written them down, which was like 10%, actually mm-hmm. exceeded those goals, exceeded their goal, their goal increase was greater than the combination of all the other 90%. And I'm not sure how accurate that percentage is, but it was a significant amount because they had written down their goals and they knew where they were going. Yes, I remember that study, and I believe their income levels were also yes. significantly higher than their peers. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I, I was, I was, I was very amazed and um, gratified that that's uh, what occurred. I do love Gail's study, though, uh, that it's not just um, you know money, and it's not just long-term life goals, but it's also just individual goals and how you how you do. If you just, I don't know about you, but my mind like right now is like a sieve. Everything kind mm-hmm. of slides through it. And mm-hmm. so if I didn't write everything down, it wouldn't happen. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, especially with the advent of technology, and technology has our lists. <laughs> and so we don't yes. have to remember anything anymore. Right. But, uh, so we have to write stuff down and refer back to it. And, and I'm old-fashioned enough that I still use paper and pencil in a lot of, lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at, there's stuff on the computer as well, but for the most part, I, I still have the to-do list, and I love checking or striking things out. It's just sort of who I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so Jeff, great. I know you have a free gift mm-hmm. for our audience. Would you like to tell them a little bit about what that is? 
Yes, there's two things that we're giving away today. One is a white paper on rethinking performance management. So we've written a, a white paper that really describes clearly on um, how to rethink it internally for your own organization. And it really doesn't matter how big you are. You may have a very small company or even be a, a solopreneur or you may be a leader in mm-hmm. a larger company. The white paper will be applicable. And then I've also got a PowerPoint that I'm happy to send along, which really articulates all of these practices that we discussed today. The PowerPoint's titled Achieve Goals Faster. And uh, it's kind of a clear overview of the the behaviors and disciplines that are necessary to improve your clarity and your goal achievement levels. Okay. So audience that, oh, and you have a second half to that. Oh, no. I was just going to say, Listeners can simply email info at goalspan.com to request copies of these giveaways, and we'll be happy to send them along. And they will also be on my website at www.dare2dreamwithlinda.com, and it's in my media page, and you can just click on the free gifts from the radio show and find Jeff's there as well. So um, that sounds wonderful. I would, I would love to have that. So mm-hmm. I think I will actually go in and pick it up. Thanks, Jeff, you so bet. very much. So, um, okay, if you had a couple last tips for our listening audience as far as how can I go on vacation, because I'm, I'm leaving in September for a couple weeks um, for Scotland, and how, how do I make sure that I've got everything in place so that the company sings while I'm gone? Mm-hmm. Well, I would suggest that you really do the next right thing in terms of your actions, and it's dependent on where you're at. So if you haven't clarified your vision or created core values, I would start with that. Mm -hmm. If you're really clear on that, then prioritize what's uh, most important next, and that might be working on over-communicating your goals or actually revisiting your goals for all of your people to ensure that they're really good quality. Or maybe it's have a meeting with your team and have everyone express what they're working on. So I would think about what the next most important and valuable activity is that will help you get closer to accomplishing your vision and go for it. I think that's very, very, very great advice, Jeff. Um, So do the next right thing so that you can go off with, peace of mind and know that the goals are going to continue to be realized. So I, I love the fact that maybe perhaps before you leave, you would sit down with your team and say, okay, so what are you working on while I'm gone? What are the things that you have on your list that will make the company sing and that will be aligned with the visions that you have and that we have and that we can move forward with? So exactly. Jeff, I'd Thank you. I'd like to thank you so very, very much for being here today and being my guest. You're welcome. It's been such a pleasure, Linda. I love what you're doing and the work you're doing and getting the word out there. And uh, just thanks for the opportunity. Can I leave you with a quote from Sheryl Sandberg? Sure. Leadership is about making others better as a result of your presence and making sure that impact lasts in your absence. Thank you, Jeff. And with that in mind, 
Remember that you can check out the website at www.daretodreamwithlinda and see more about leadership inspirations and to dig deeper into leadership. So until next time, be courageous, dare to leave. Lead. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.